In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. The Feast of St. Michael and All Angels was on September 29th, last Thursday, but we are observing it today. We transferred it. And I love this feast, and I never want to fail to celebrate it. Uh, for one, because we as modern people, uh, as materialistic, leaning people living in the 21st century, need to be reminded that there is life beyond this present life. That there is more to this world than what's in front of us. More than what we can detect with the five senses. That as St. Paul says, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And as Christians, to understand angels and their place in God's economy, their place in God's plan of redemption, to rejoice in their ministry and fellowship, far from being mere entertaining theological speculation, this is food for the soul. So let's get right into it, beginning with this question. What do the Holy Scriptures and the church, the pillar and ground of truth, as St. Paul calls her, teach us regarding angels? So this morning, five truths about angels. And kids in the back, you got a worksheet. I want you to draw a good doodle. I want you to get these five points. I'm going to say them real quick now, but we're going to go back through them slowly. One. Angels are real. Number, number two, angels are messengers. Number three, angels are ministers. Number four, angels are warriors. And finally, number five, angels are worshipers. Number one, angels are real. St. Gregory the Great rightly notes that nearly every page of Scripture testifies to the existence of angels and archangels. Of course, today's scripture readings on the Feast of St. Michael and, Ar and all angels uh, testifies, bears witness to the existence of angels. But I want you briefly to think back through some of our recent scripture lessons that we've just heard over the last few months. In last week's gospel, in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, or perhaps the account of the rich man and Lazarus, Lazarus dies and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. In the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin, we are told that angels in heaven rejoice over the repentance, over the salvation of even just one sinner. In Genesis chapter 18, Abraham and Sarah are visited and show hospitality to, quote, three men. One of the visitors is the Lord, the person of the Son, and the other two are angels. And we know this because they're identified as such in Genesis 19, when they travel to Sodom and Gomorrah to mete out God's judgment. So though the angels appeared as men to Abraham and Sarah, they were not men, that is, human. 
Angels are created beings, yes, but they are not human beings. For one, whereas man is a psychophysical unity comprised of body, soul, and spirit, angels are pure spirit, thus immaterial, maybe supermaterial. So I'm, I'm learning basic science again with my third grade daughter, Windsor, and I learned what matter was. It's anything that takes up, that has volume and mass. Jonathan, okay, good. I got the thumbs up from our chemistry and physics teacher. So angels don't have volume or mass, at least in the way that we understood. So angels are different than human beings. We're both creatures, but we're not the same. So you will not, sorry to tell you, you will not become, no matter how saintly you are, you will not become an angel when you die. You won't be up in the stars waiting to get your wings. Is it too early to talk about Christmas movies? I mean, Lowe's has had Christmas stuff for like a month now, so let's talk about it. My favorite Christmas movie, besides Elf, of course, I mean, that's the best, is It's a Wonderful Life. Great movie, terrible angelology. Not, not very good. Uh, and have you ever noticed in, this is not even relevant, but have you ever noticed in old movies that the sound mixing makes children's voices like super tinny and annoying? It's like, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. <laughs> so the point is, there's a lot of kooky beliefs out there a lot of popular superstition around angels, but aberrant, malformed angelologies, and there are many, do not negate the reality of the existence of these heavenly creatures of which scripture and tradition and human experience bear witness. Angels are real. Number two, Angels are messengers. Number two, angels are messengers. The word angel means messenger. Thus, angels are called angels, messengers, because one of the primary activities of angels is the deliverance of divine messages. In the Old Testament, we see them mediating the revelation of God of mediating the law, the old covenant. And as the new covenant comes to bear, they're, they're announcing that the new covenant has arrived at the Annunciation. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And then at the birth of Christ, and the angel said unto them, divine disclosure, divine messages, divine revelation, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Good tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So the announcement of God's will and God's work is central 
to the ministry of angels, which brings us to our next point, number three. Angels are ministers. Angels are ministers, they're servants. They're ministers to God and for God and ministers to us. Hebrews chapter one, verse 14. Are they, that is angels, not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? So angels provide aid and help to human beings and especially to the members of the body of Christ. This is the heart of the sermon right here. One of the ways that we experience the love of God, that we receive his care, his power, his protection, is through the ministry of angels. In today's opening hymn, Christ, the fair glory of angels, we pray, send thine archangel Michael to our succor. We pray that through the ministry of angels, we would receive guidance and healing and blessing. Angel getting his wings right now. Bell's ringing. In the collect of the day, we prayed, mercifully grant that as thy holy angels always serve and worship thee in heaven, so by thy appointment, they may help and defend us on earth. As an aside, the worship of the church, the songs that we sing, the prayers that we pray are a master class in biblical theology. If we would just think about what we're saying, what we're praying, maybe take it a step forward, read throughout the week, the scriptures, the liturgy, the great theology of the church grew out of, organically, the worshiping life of the church. God is sovereign over the whole universe. But in his infinite wisdom, he exercises his sovereignty, his benevolent rule, by entrusting people places and churches to the care of angels. St. Michael the Archangel watched over Israel in the Old Testament, Daniel 10, and now he guards and defends the renewed Israel, which is the church, Revelation 12. And in the angelic hierarchy, underneath Michael, as it were, are angels which guard local churches. The letters to the churches, remember Jesus writes letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation? Every letter begins this way, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, to the angel of the church in Laodicea. Write this, John. Now, some have argued it's referring to the pastoral leadership. But in any case, the, we know that the angels have a ministry to the church. And angels not only minister to the church, but to each member of the church. All right, kids, this is for you. 
In Matthew 18, Jesus is rebuking the disciples because the disciples think the kids are messing up church. They're bothering us, they're bothering Jesus, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Children, adults, you've been baptized into Jesus Christ. If you belong to Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells you. You have an angel that guards you and intercedes for you. Children, God has given his angels charge over you, to watch you, to care for you, to protect you. At night before you go to sleep, whether you're four or 45, it doesn't matter. There's a wonderful prayer in the service for Compline, a nighttime prayer. On page 133 of the Book of Common Prayer, I'll just give you the reference. It says, visit this place, O Lord, and drive far from it all snares of the enemy. Let your holy angels dwell with us to preserve us in peace, and let your blessing be upon us always, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Basil writes that an angel is put in charge of every believer, provided we do not drive him out by sin. He guards the soul like an army. Like an army. Number four, angels are warriors. This comes through in today's second lesson. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. But it's not just there. It's throughout Scripture. It's in the Christmas story, which we tend to read that scene, and we should, in a sort of sanguine and serene and lullabyish way. The heavenly host that appears is an army of angels. So that silent night was anything but. In song, these heavenly war warriors are proclaiming that the king of kings who would conquer sin and death and Satan has arrived. Angels, then, are both singers and soldiers. They're in the choir and in the battalion. Thus, I would contend that angels are less like precious moment figurines, you know, baby cherubs with rosy cheeks, and perhaps more like the elves in The Lord of the Rings. Angels are warriors. And thanks be to God, because we are entrenched in a battle. Life is a battle. Life is a battlefield. And so is love, according to Pat Benatar. Making sure you're awake. Don't act like you didn't blast that in your room growing up. Girls. And guys. But seriously, the church on earth is known as what? The church militant. We are amidst a spiritual struggle. A spiritual battle, as St. Paul writes in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But brothers and sisters, these fallen angels we call demons do not wreak havoc upon the church unopposed. We do not enter into this struggle. We do not enter the fray alone. God has given his righteous angels charge over us, to watch over us, to fight for his glory and for our good. Our Lord is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of a heavenly army. Fifth and finally, angels are worshipers. In the famous vision of Isaiah, the seraphim cry responsibly and continually, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. In Revelation chapter 5, St. John says, then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. The redeemed join the heavenly host in adoration of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. St. John Chrysostom writes this, the angels surround the priest. The whole sanctuary in the space before the altar is filled with heavenly power. Come to honor him who is present upon the altar. We worship with the angels, therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. We worship with the angels, and we should aspire to worship like the angels worship, like the seraphim who worship the Lord day and night, ever and always, with zeal. We should say, it is good for us to go into the house of the Lord. It is good for us to sing praises unto the Lord. It is good for the brethren to dwell together in unity. This is not just our holy obligation. This is our joy. And this is neat. Because we are made in the image of God and because we've been united with Christ, we have the privilege and the responsibility to not only join angels in worship, but to call them to worship to call them to worship, explicitly as in Psalm 148, which says, I love this, the psalmist says to the heavenly host, praise him, all ye angels of his. Praise him, all his host. He exhorts them to worship. And we also are to do this implicitly by the way that we live, that the angels would rejoice and give glory to our Father in heaven on account of the church's faithfulness on earth. That in response to our loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, the very halls of heaven would shake with angelic joy. 
In the order of creation, mankind was made a little lower than the angels, as Psalm 8 says. So in the hierarchy of being, we're lower on the totem pole at the beginning. But on account of the Word becoming flesh, of Jesus taking up a complete human nature, we are exalted in and with Christ above the angels because in Christ, human nature now sits enthroned at God's right hand. St. John Chrysostom writes this regarding the ascension of Christ and the angels. He says, today the angels have obtained what they were always waiting for. Today the archangels have received what they ardently desired. They have seen our nature upon its royal throne, shining with immortal glory and beauty. Even though it has the honor of being exalted above them, they rejoice at our good, just as they suffered when we were deprived of it. The angels worship with us, they minister to us, they protect us, they fight for us, and they rejoice at our salvation and exaltation in Christ. So I don't think it's a stretch to say that the angels are our friends, even that the angels love us. And part of the communion of saints is friendship and fellowship with the angels. So, brothers and sisters, let us rejoice in their ministry to us. And let us give thanks to God that his love, that his protection, that his power, that his guidance, that his strength comes to us in part through these wonderful, mysterious friends in high and heavenly places called angels.